What is up, guys? Welcome back to episode 10 of Money Talks Hockey. It's been a while. Had a lot of stuff going on. We'll get into a little bit of it in just a few moments. But, yeah, it's good to be back. So, one of the reasons why I haven't released an episode in the past couple weeks is because back in episode 7, I told the story on my podcast about a girl that I should not have. It was humiliating. It was embarrassing. And I mentioned the girl by name. I'm deeply sorry to the girl and her family and everyone else who I've affected by me telling that story. I know it won't happen again. I'll be sure to edit stories like that out of my show from now on. I think that I'm young and experienced and I can take this as a learning experience and I hope you guys give me a second chance. Because of that, I won't be talking about hockey specifically today. However, I do have an interview that I recently recorded with Rob from Butt Ends and me and him had a great chat. So without further ado, enjoy the chat that Rob and I had. Pleasure to welcome Absolute Beauty, big name in the hockey world, former pro hockey player turned entrepreneur, started the company Butt Ends. Pleased to welcome Rob Lalonde. How's it going, Rob? Hey, Matt. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. What are you up to these days? Uh, Right now, I'm just uh, basically living remotely. Uh, I'm down in Puerto Rico and um, traveling a bit uh, for Butt Ends and running the company from here. And uh, yeah, just doing the the normal thing, uh, pretty much. What's in Puerto Rico that made you decide to move down there? Um, honestly, man, like, uh, I've been surfing this year. My cousin and I were, uh, we did like a surf trip last summer uh, on the East coast and, uh, we started surfing a lot and, um, I had moved out of New York city, uh, right, right after the pandemic started, uh, in, in June. So basically I had nowhere really to live. And, uh, my cousin and I were surfing a lot and we were looking for, you know, a good spot to set up shop. And, uh, you know, with the way things are right now, basically, uh, everything shut down in the hockey world. Yeah. I didn't really have many, uh, I didn't really have many appointments in any, uh, any hockey rinks like we had the previous yeah. few years. So I was looking for like a cool spot to set up shop, to be able to work and, and also do stuff that uh, we enjoy. So, uh, we found Puerto Rico, we found some, uh, found a great community down here and, uh, it's pretty sick, man. Big waves and good internet. So, uh, we've been rocking yeah, I'm from cool. New Rochelle, just outside the city. And let me tell you, New York City right now, not where you want to be. So good for you for getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, man, it was, uh, you know, it was, you know, we felt that the city felt like it closed in on you after the pandemic. Yeah, like, I lived there. I lived there for two years and uh, basically was running my company from New York. And, um, you know, uh, we're based in Buffalo. But I yeah. lived in New York and traveled around from there. So, we, you know, I'd go to hockey events in Massachusetts and Buffalo and then up in Canada. Yeah. We could travel from New York. And then uh, once the pandemic started and everything kind of closed down in New York, um, it was just like, you know, I had to get out of there. I was like, what am I doing here? So, yeah, happened. you're originally from Buffalo, right? Yeah, I was born and raised in Buffalo, played hockey there growing up. And uh, we started our business in Buffalo. So Bud Ends is based out of Buffalo. Our warehouse is there. And uh Yeah. Uh, so let's dive into your playing career a little bit. You played in the Nall, right? Yeah. Played in, uh, played one season in the North American hockey league, uh, back in, I think it was like 2001, 2002. Yeah. 
almost 20 years ago now. Crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy to think about it. Uh, yeah, it was a good experience. You know, I played two years of junior. My first year was a junior V season out in Boston uh, yeah. after high school. And that was a great year for development and, uh, you know, made a lot of good connections there and uh, was fortunate enough to be drafted uh, in the Nall and, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, took my show on the road, went out to the Midwest and had a good season in the Nall, played for two teams out there. What was it like in the Nall back then? Because, I mean, now, like, it's a really good league. Was it, like, kind of like a rough and tumble league back then? What was it like? Uh, yeah, it was rough. I mean, it, it was, you know, there was fighting and there were some tough, there were some tough customers for sure in that league. Uh, I remember, uh, you probably heard the name Cam Jansen. Yeah. I've he heard, was, I've heard Jansen. He, he was a legend in that league, tearing it up. Like he played there when I was there. Uh, and I just one name of guys like you, 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 you hear names of guys like that and you'd be like, you know, I was a young kid, like coming up playing high school hockey yeah. and uh, to be thrown into that environment where you all of a sudden you take the mask off, you're wearing a half shield and you know, you got guys like Cam Jansen out there. Like, did you uh, fight him? I didn't fight Cam Jansen, but I had a few tilts in junior and, um, nice. You know, that, you know, I played a scrappy style of game with a little, yeah. you know, I had like, I was a defenseman with, uh, you know, I played like an offensive style, but also like, yeah. I used to, like you know, I throw big hits and like run guys over. And, you know, that usually yeah. led to the other team taking, you know, umbrage with me. So I got into a few scraps in junior and, um, yeah. yeah, man, definitely, uh, you know, definitely turned me into a bit of a harder player playing that year of junior A in, uh, in the null. Nice. And then you went to Merrimack. What, what yeah, I was, was uh, like? I was recruited at Merrimack uh, when I played. I was in, I was I finished my season in Cleveland and I uh, got recruited to Merrimack. It was somewhere that I had always wanted to possibly go. I I when I played uh, junior hockey out in Boston, yeah. a good friend of mine growing up was Brooks Orpik, and I used to follow his career. And he was at Boston College. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to a lot of games and uh, you know go watch Brooks play at BC and uh, just being in the in the arenas, you know, as a junior player. You know, my dream was to play Division One hockey and then, you know, going out east and seeing all the schools and the, the electricity of uh, the hockey east, you know, the speed of the game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the way that the student sections were all full and like the, re- the arenas were full and, you know, it was just a really exciting environment that I wanted to play in. And, uh, you know, Merrimack was a school that I like, I'd identified as an opportunity for me. You know what I mean? Like uh, they were sort of a bottom rung team at the time. Yeah. Like, they, like uh, you know, they weren't one of the top teams. And I was not really like a you know, ever really a, uh, you know, a top recruit coming out of high school. Yeah. So, but I thought it was a, it was an opportunity for me to, you know, get my foot in the door there and, you know, make it into that league and then see where I could take my career from there. I mean, it's hockey East, but like, it's not, but like, it's not like BC or BU or Northeastern. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that, like when we played there, you know, Northeastern, you know, had, they were some, some years where Northeastern was the team we used to beat up on, you know what I'm saying? They yeah. Didn't have a recruiting team or, you know, a couple of years, they were no good. Like, one year, Merrimack. Look at them. Yeah, one year, Merrimack was number one in the nation. Uh, a couple of years after I graduated, uh, when I was there, we had yeah. some good seasons. Uh, my first two years, for for specifically, were you know really good years. We were we finished middle of the pack, hockey East. You know, made the playoffs. Um, nice, nice. You know, and we had some you know signature wins. Like uh, I remember, you know, you know we we beat BC, we would beat BU. I remember having a couple big games against BU and you know, playing against some of those, uh, you know, top guys that you see were, you know, world junior players, first round draft picks, guys like Ryan Whitney yeah. for BU, for example. Yeah. I remember when he came in, he was like the big talk of the league because he was a first round pick, you yeah. know, like first, you know, top 10 for Pittsburgh. And like, yeah, um, obviously this is before like spit and chickles and all that, but like, has he, was, he ever asked you to come on? No, I've never talked to him, uh, but uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I would be interested to know if he remember playing against me because uh, you know, at the time I was a bit older, you know, yeah. playing for Merrimack. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, playing against BU and having some big wins against those guys. So, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe someday we'll get on what there. What birth year are you? Uh, I'm an 82. Oh, so you're a year older than him. Yeah. I'm 
I'm a fucking huge Chicklets fan. I mean, like, I mean, absolute beauty. Yeah, I mean, great. Uh, show. Those guys do an awesome job. Also, too, Bissonette. He's a guy that I didn't is, know yeah. anything about him until, uh, you know, I played in uh, the East Coast Hockey League after my uh, yeah. after college career. And we played in the same division as uh, the Wheeling Nailers. And Bissonette was on the way on the Nailers. Yeah. Yeah. And he was an all-star defenseman in the East Coast. But he was also kind of a tough dude, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, we had some big games against them, like big scraps. I, I don't know how much you listen to Chicklets, but I know Bisonette's told the story about how he got kicked out of the, uh, or he got suspended for wearing a championship belt. Yes, yes. I was on the I was on the ice for that. Like I played, <laughs> it, and, uh, I played for Reading, and my boy James Hebert, who is this like smaller player but like super tough kid from uh, I think he's from Western Canada, and he was playing. He played a couple years in the CHL, and he used to fight everybody. Yeah. And, uh, but he was a smaller guy. And I remember he took on Bissonette and, and Bissonette's a beast. Right. And, uh, he took him on and, uh, he got kind of dummied up in, in Wheeling. <laughs> and the next we had a home and home. And the next game was, was in Reading. And I remember Bissonette skated out onto the ice with the championship belt. And we were all just like, what, what an absolute <laughs> beauty, bro. And they're like, but of course he got suspended for it, but it was how many pretty- games did he get for that? I don't remember exactly. Dude. I think it was just a couple, but, uh, I think oh. it was worth it. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's totally fucking worth it. I, I, if I was biz, I would have done the same thing. It was pretty funny to be on the ice at that. And I remember like one story too, like I'm kind of bummed it didn't happen nowadays, but like, uh, you know, back in the, in, when, when I was at ready and I used to try to fight guys. Cause like, I was trying to make a name for myself, yeah. defend my teammates, stick up for my guys. And, uh, I used to fight, like I fought Grant McNeil who played on wheeling and he was a yeah. savage. And so I had a name that like, if, you know, I was the kind of guy that if somebody wanted to fight, like they would come to me. And I remember B came to me and we were at wheeling. And he was like, yo, yo, you want to go? And I was like, all right, yeah, let's go. And then like later in the game, I'm like, we'll do this. And then uh, he comes up to me and he's like, sorry, man. Like they were up like six, one or something like that. He's like, my wheeling was, Oh, you, yeah. The wheeling, they were thumping us that game yeah. and I was ready to go. Him, even though I was like a little bit like, you know, oh man, like, I was never really a fighter, but uh, I would fight guys, but it was like, you know, I was nervous. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm about to fight Bisonet here. And, uh, but then he's like, yo, my coach won't let me go. Cause they're up six, one. Yeah. And, uh, that's another one. I re- I wonder if he remembers that. I, it'd be interesting to see if he if he does. But uh, anyways, yeah. that's a, that's a story with the chicklets guys. Reach re- reach out to him. See if you can come on or something like that. Like yeah, I got to tell that story. The story of the cha- the championship belt story was so funny, man. I just oh remember, yeah, yeah. Look at this beauty over here with the with yeah. the WWE belt. <laughs> was there any other crazy shit that went on the in the coast when you were there? Yeah, man. I mean, the coast is crazy. They they call it the cheese toast uh, and the cocktail, and uh, you know, it's yeah. just a, it's a it's an eclectic group of hockey players. I mean, obviously, good players. I played with some super super really good players yeah. down there. You know, Jonathan Quick was our goalie one year. Uh, you you know were quick as your goalie one year. Yeah, Quick was our goalie. Uh, his rookie season was uh, he was in Reading for the majority of the year. Oh, so, really? You know, and it was like it was fun to be on the ice with guys like that. But we played with super talented guys, and then there's also just you know. You know, a lot of beauties and uh, there's some crazy, crazy, you know, crazy fights and some tough guys down there. Like, like I remember uh, we used to play, we played one game uh, in Johnstown and Johnstown, the War Memorial. It's like this, uh, it's where they filmed Slapshot, actually. Yeah. Uh, they had, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Mike Scroy, he's kind of a legend. If you Google, like Google Mike, the real Scroy and check yeah. out some of his, uh, his antics. So I played against this guy and he was an absolute animal. And I remember he used to like for warmups. Like we, we, we like come in off the bus and like, we're getting, like, we're getting dressed like freezing cold dressing room, like, you know, super, you know, super underground. And like, all of a sudden we hear this like noise and like, it's like, this like thumping noise. And we're like, what is that? We, we, we open the, a like, couple of the boys, they like, go out into the hall to see what's going on. And, and Mike Scroy is like hitting the heavy bag in, for warmups <laughs> in the hallway. And we're just like, like, oh my gosh, man, like, what are we doing out here? You know what I'm saying? He was on Johnstown. 
Yeah, he played on Johnstown for a bit. He's on yeah. he's on a bunch of teams. Uh, I played yeah. against I played against him. I played with him. I think for a game two, we played against we played with each other in uh, in Binghamton in the American League. Uh, yeah, he was a he was an animal, but a good guy, nice guy off yeah. the ice, just on the ice. You know, he brought his he was intense. He's even got some like UFC fight videos and stuff online. But nice yeah, playing play against guys like that was crazy. Uh, you know, playing with guys like that, just see it. You know, you heard about their legends, and like all of a sudden you're in the locker room with the guys, or you're on the ice like playing against them, and you're just like, oh man, like it's pretty crazy. What was it like playing in the A? Oh, I'm sick, man. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, you, you know, you go from playing for me growing up in Buffalo, playing high school, kind of being a nobody, like, you know, playing junior grinding, getting yeah. to college. And the next thing you know, you know, playing in the American League, you realize like, oh my gosh, like I'm one step away from the NHL. You know, even so much you have, you know, guys in the room on NHL deals making millions of dollars, you know, like, uh, you know, I was, I had, I was fortunate enough. I played for quite a bit in Toronto. I was up there for a few months and we had guys coming and going like every day from the, from These the Maple guys. Yeah, yeah, coming up, coming down, you know, like all of a sudden I'd be on the ice one day with my D partner, get called up the next game. You know, I play with I play with my one D partner, and then the next day I watch him play, and he's on the Leafs. Who and is, then, who is your D partner? Uh, I mean, well, I played with a bunch of guys. Like I remember Phil Oreskovic used to get called up and down. Uh, I played with uh, Anton Strawman. Yeah, I know uh, Strawman. He was on the Leafs, and like he was a stud. And I remember, like, you know, it's funny because it depends. It's funny when you when you're when you're a hockey player, you know, you might be like a nobody on one team, but you could get traded to a different team with a different yeah. coach and turn into this stud, right? Like Anton Strawman is a he made his team. name with the Rangers. Yeah. But he was a man. He was literally like, I couldn't believe it. Cause he was always such a good player, you know? And then I'm watching this guy plays this young kid. Uh, I think he's Swedish, right? I'm not, yeah. I, don't want to, but I like, think so. Cool. Here's this young kid, the Swedish kid, like uh, with tons of talent. And he was basically like, you know, not, they, they didn't love him, you know? So he's in the American league and like, they were kind of all over him. And like, he and I were D partners and I loved playing strong because he was just so steady. You yeah. know what I mean? Every pass is on the tape. You know, we had great games together. I remember, you know, us playing with him and we, uh, we, we had, I had some of my best games playing with him as my partner. And, you know, he's, he's basically, you know, getting kind of, you know, owned by Toronto. No, they didn't really like him. Then he gets traded. And then all of a sudden he turns into, you know, a stud defenseman and a shutdown D still in the show. Uh, yeah. with a career you know so it's just interesting to see how guys you know on different levels progress but yeah and i mean he's had a very nice career which is oh, good, yeah, for he's, he's good for him good for him absolutely man he's got a couple deals i think he's uh you know he's doing pretty well for himself Oof. and yeah great guy too so shout yeah. out to my mom and then after your career ended you started butt ends like what what caused you to like start a company just focused on grips like what was that um, about? Yeah. I mean, like just from my playing career as my, my whole, my whole career was like, ever since I was a kid, I was always obsessed with gear and I was like a gear nerd, you know, ever since like yeah. a little obsessed with brands. I remember when Nike came in, when I was a kid, I was obsessed <laughs> with you know, like, they marketed their products and like, you know, the way that all the technology was getting, you know, improving every year. Uh, yeah. You know, I was the kind of player, like I played, you know, uh, you know, I didn't always have the best stuff coming up. And then I got yeah. to college and like we were at Merrimack and we didn't get all the Bauer sticks at the time. Right. Like, um, you know, some of the other guys in the league even were using the Easton synergy when the one piece came out and we were still using, like, you know, I was stuck with two pieces or whatever I could find, yeah. or, you know? So I started to, you know, think, you know, always looking for, for an advantage in my game and trying yeah. to find the best equipment I could. And, uh, for me, you know, I was real particular about the feel of my sticks and, you know, having that right feel, and, you know, using tape all the time, I, I was, you know, obsessed with the knob, you know, like, like every, like all hockey players, you wanted to have yeah. that. Yeah. And we'd always either get wet, my holes, would, my hands, uh, the gloves would get holes in them. 
you know, I would go to take a slap shot some games and like, you could feel, I could feel the stick spin in my hand. Cause the tape was, was wet. Yeah. Something. And it was just something that always was like, man, there's gotta be a way there's gotta be something. And then like, I'd watch hockey games and I'd see guys like give interviews and stuff like in the NHL and they'd be talking to the, whoever the announcer answering questions and they'd have their hand on their stick and everything would be like branded and they'd have all these cool products, but then they had this like gross tape job, you know, on the stick. And I was just like, I don't know, it was like a lightning bolt moment where I was like, yo, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be something that we could do to improve it. And uh, it was just kind of like, oh, like, let's let's maybe create something for that part of the stick that's better than what's out there. And like, I wanted to do something that I could do for my own game that would improve my own performance. And then I thought to myself, like, you know, this is a wide open market. There's nobody really doing yeah. anything interesting in this space. Um, so why not, like, think about a business? You know, I was at a school where a lot of my, you know, a lot of my teammates were in business and like, uh, you know, you know entrepreneurship was, you know, becoming real popular for, you know, uh, for people like me. And like, it was just something that I was like, all right, this could be really cool for, to work on while I'm playing and then maybe do after. Uh, and then kind of the more and more I thought about it and like some, the more market research I did, you know, playing pro hockey, I was able to be, you know, I was in the locker room every day talking to guys. I was seeing pain points that guys had, you know, I knew everybody was kind of feeling the same way, but nobody really was thinking about like, where's this, where's the, where's it going to go? Where's the technology going to go? And I was just like, man, more and more I thought about it, the more and more I became obsessed with it. And, and I, I literally, like, I've thought about it like every day since like maybe like 05, 06, I was thinking about butt ends, you know, I thought that'd be a cool name for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I couldn't believe it didn't exist already. You know, it was like, oh, wow. This it, is it's, like, it's a great name. Like, it's just so catchy. Yeah. And, you know, something that sticks in people's head. And <clears throat> at first, you know, most people liked it. Some people were like, oh, that's, you know, how are you going to grow with a name like butt ends? Because it's kind of like, you know, most people thought it was like kind of weird name, but now and more and more, I really have grown to think like, okay, that's like a, it's a recognizable name. Copy players. If you think of, if you think of butt ends, you automatically think, think of, of the butt, butt end of your stick. stick. Yeah. You think of something that that's there. And then when you see the product and you feel the product, like we've taken it all over the world and shown hockey players, like it's one thing to see it on the internet. It's a whole nother thing to actually feel it and touch yeah. it. No, you know, as a player, you know, that intricate feel of the hockey stick. And it's just, uh, that's why we've had success is because wherever we go, it's not like, you know, people are, you know, it's not some gimmick, you know, young hockey players from all over the world. And then of course, NHL superstars as well. They touch it, they feel it. And they know like, Oh wow. Like I want this on my stick. I know this is going to feel, I need to feel what this feels like with the puck and when I'm in my game. So it's kind of how it came to be. And that's why we're, uh, we're still, we're still here. So this whole idea came, came to be while you were still at Merrimack, right? Yeah. I thought of the idea like, uh, when, when I was a senior at Merrimack, as far as like, uh, you know, one day, you know, what are you going to do? When, you know, what are you going to do after school? You know, you start to feel the real world coming at you a bit when you start to get closer yeah. to graduation. Uh, and it, people, a lot of people were like, you know, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with yourself after hockey? You know, that, you know, the, the idea for me as a, you know, what was I like a, a, maybe a 24 year old senior, almost 25, you know, with the, the idea of playing a long career in the NHL and, and, you know, uh, retiring was, 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 you know, a long shot, let's say. So there had to be something else. And a lot of people would ask you, like, what are you thinking about after hockey? So for me, I was thinking too, like, what am I going to do with my life? And, uh, once the idea of, I had the idea for butt ends, it was like, yeah. all right, I want to do that. So I just started talking about it, telling some people and, uh, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. But yeah, senior year Merrimack was pretty much when I thought. So you it. got used, so you got lucky, I guess, to actually use it during your playing career in the coast. Like it wasn't. No, that's, so that was my, 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 my I guess my dream was like, yo, I'll, I'll play pro. And like, that's going to, then I'm going to, I'm going to develop this product and also use it while I was playing. Um, but, uh, I didn't know anything about business or product development or how to yeah. start a company or, you know, I was really focused on my career as a player at that point still. Yeah. 
And uh, so I was doing like small steps to keep the idea going, but I had never, I never brought anything to market or I never built anything while I was playing. Uh, the production of the product never happened until years later uh, after I was done. Even so I, gr- I stopped playing in 2010. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hung them up in 2010 and uh, we didn't start buttons until 2013. So oh, after- really, yeah, I moved to New York city. I had no, I had no business experience. I had no like real world, like, like yeah. life experience other than being a hockey player. Right. And so <clears throat> I had a, I had a job opportunity for a sales, a sales job uh, that I got offered in, uh, in New York city. And uh, I thought it was a good, a good, that would have been a great, that's a great stepping stone. Yeah. hundred percent. It literally was like the, the best move. Like uh, when I was younger, I read a book called rich dad, poor dad about yeah. like, about selling, you know, what what you need to get into business. And this guy in the book talked about being a copier salesman and it was the hardest thing ever. He had to sell because man, like nobody like really wants to talk about their copier and it's like a really hard product. And I randomly met this guy and he was like, Hey, what do you want a job? Like I met this guy on the beach one day, like no no joke. And like, he's like, you want a job? And I'm like, uh, you know, what is it? So I went to New York and I interviewed and uh, it was basically a copier salesman job. So I'm like thinking like, almost like this is kind of weird. Like I remember reading that book and here I am getting offered this job and living in New York city was, was something that I would always, I always kind of dreamt of anyway. Yeah. And so I, at first I didn't want to do it. Cause I was like, you know, man, like, I don't know, you know, I, I turned him down and then uh, some more time went by and I decided for sure that I was done playing hockey. And so I hit him up and I was like, Hey, can I get that job? And uh, he's like, all right, come on back in. So I went back in, got the job. Uh, and I grinded in New York for two years selling copiers, like door to door in Manhattan, like sneaking into buildings, like running Xerox all copiers. Uh, Xerox was our competitor. I sold, uh, oh. I sold uh, Kyocera and Konica Minolta, and I worked oh. for this dealer. It was like, like man, it was like, it was like sales, like boot camp. Like it was like the, unbelievable. You know, we're talking Midtown Manhattan. We're talking like yeah. savage salespeople. That's and I'm like, yeah. my, job was, my job was sick. Like they basically just wanted me running around the city and just like going in and getting appointments as many places as I could find. So all I would do is like literally just wander around New York. I would sneak into buildings and I would go into offices and I would like look at their equipment and I would talk to people and I would find out who the contacts were. And this like over and over and over really developed my, my cold calling skills. And I was a savage and like coming from hockey, man, like I'm used to like, you know, people are fans. Like in, when Reading, like we, I was on a billboard one time, like we had fans that like, we signed autographs. Like we did public appearances where we had like literally fans, with, you know, they loved our, they loved our team and then they loved us. And now all of a sudden I'm in New York and I'm selling copiers and everybody hated you. Like you walk into a bill, you walk into an office and you want to talk to them about copiers and like people slam the door in your face and they're like, get Fuck out of here. You. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, so that's the world I was living in. But you know, that gave me the, uh, that gave me a lot of experience for when finally, eventually later on we had, we had our product butt ends, like we had our first product and it was time to take it on the road and sell it. You know, I had all this experience of, uh, of sales, uh, of, of a product I knew nothing about. And now all of a sudden I'm selling a hockey product that I've created that I believe in that I know is sick. That I know players like, and I know how to like go in and like present it to a business and like keep a sales forecast and like really develop, you know, market. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that experience really helped us later on down the road when uh, it was time to sell our grips. When did you come out with your first grip? So we built the first uh, prototype in 2013 and after two, uh, we, we did the first iteration and it was kind of weird, whatever, we, we made a few changes. Then we had full, we had our second set of samples in, uh, in the fall of 2013 and it was awesome. Like right away, I was like, this is beautiful and it works. I used it on my stick and uh, I had a buddy named Brandon Prust playing for Montreal at the time. And oh, uh, your buddies with Prust? Yeah. So I met Prust when I was living in New York through another friend yeah. of mine and we became kind of buds. 
And uh, I told him about, about this grip idea that I had like way back when he was playing for the Rangers. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you know, when I get it out, I'm going to hit you up, man. And he's like, all right, all right, sure. So I texted them and I'm like, Hey, I got the script. You want to try it? He's like, yeah, sure, man. And I looked at their schedule and planned to be in Philly to meet up with those guys. So they were, they were playing against the flyers in Philly. Yeah. And I had like, maybe, I don't know, a dozen or so, maybe 18 or so samples in my backpack. Like I didn't have packaging. We, we had no, we didn't even have application spread. We didn't even know what we were going to do for our application. And all I had was the grips. And he was how'd like, yeah, you, let's check them out. What's how'd up? you get it on this? How'd you get it on Presty stick then? Well, Presty did it. And he used hairspray in the in the oh. locker room. So I met up with him the night before the game at the hotel. And uh, I showed him the product. And immediately he was like, oh, these are nasty. I'll use them in the game tomorrow. I was like, what? Sweet. So I gave him all the grips I had. And like, this is 20, this is like fall, like uh, maybe winter 2013. Yeah. And uh, gave him all the grips. So here you go, man. And uh, the next day, we, we uh, my, my couple of buddies of mine from Philly went to the Flyers game. We got there early. Frosty skates out for warmups, and I'm in the crowd. And he comes up and shows me in the stand, and he's got the grip on his stick. And uh, that's 2013. He's using it. He used it ever since then, all the way till the end of his career. So he was. So he was your first. He was your first NHL player, period, to use it. Yeah. First player to use it, and then and all of a sudden we have a product, and we're in the NHL, and we have no, you know, we had to figure out. Okay, now we got a, we got an NHL player, popular guy, you know, great guy, great yes. player, using our stuff. <clears throat> what do we do from here? You know, that's kind of where we're at. I loved him when he was a Ranger. Like, and he was so sick on the Rangers, and yes. he was so sick on Montreal, on Montreal as well. He was awesome, man, an underrated player too. Like, he created yeah. so much offense down low. I love yeah. watching. I still to this yeah. day, I love Prust. Uh, it was, yeah. was an awesome. I mean, having Prusty as the guy that used our product was so fun, especially like that that first year, you know, 2013, 2014 sees that end of the year. I mean, I watched every Canadians game. I became like a super Habs fan, obviously. Yeah. Our only player in the world, and we've got this guy in Montreal. Yeah. You know, and he's always on the camera because he's either fighting or he's hitting guys. Yeah. And, you know, scoring goals occasionally. Keep like, shotting Derek Stepan. Yeah. And like, so he's always on TV. So we'd be like seeing our product on TV. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is so much fun. So uh, it's fun to even just like rehash some of those memories uh, for sure. And then after Prusty, it, did it just explode? Like, um, yeah, well, so we had the guy, so we have an NHL player, we have a product that works and we're like, okay, well now we have to figure out like how we get the rest of the world to know about it. So basically <clears throat> we, uh, we ordered from our manufacturer, like a limited as, as, as few amount, like a, a small number of samples, like, uh, the, the, the minimum amount of units yeah. and uh, we got them produced and we figured out like a, you know, a makeshift packaging and we did like an insert and we had like a little bag that we kept them in. And like, we figured out like, you know, our best application, you know, spray to provide with it and basically took the product on the, on the road. And, uh, we started going to, uh, like youth hockey tournaments. We had to yeah. find out what the, what the actual hockey market would think of our, of this product. And so we started going up to Toronto and uh, I was coaching in Buffalo at the time, uh, an O2 team, Buffalo Saints, shout out to those guys. Yeah. And I used to go to practice and like, you know, set the boys up with the grips and like, you know, I was right in there watching how they were using them, seeing how they were performing, seeing how the players liked them. And then going up to Toronto and doing our, our tournaments, you know, literally pack the trunk full of grips, drive them up to Toronto, pop up a little stand. And literally, man, we were selling out like every weekend we'd go to a tournament, we'd have a little table in the rink. And like every single player that came by would like see them and like touch them. And then they'd be like, I need this. I need this. And like, it was, that's kind of how asking their parents to buy it. Yeah, dad, I need that. Uh, uh, that's, so, that's so funny. You show the kid, the kid loves it. Dad. And then dad comes over and then the like, kid sells dad or dad's like, yeah, yeah these are sick. Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm a goalie. And I remember like being at a store and I'm like, dad, I need this. 
Yeah. So, you know, so there you go. Like, I don't know that what's your experience. Like, did you have uh, the first time you saw about it? The first, the first time I was like, Oh, that seems cool. I tried it. I don't use them anymore, to be honest. Like, I don't know. But like, I remember when I was maybe 12, 13 years old, like I would go, go use them. And it was kind of sick. Like, well, how come you don't use them now anymore? Well, just wondering. I don't know. Just tape on your knob. You think that's uh... I, I don't know. I felt like it got too grippy for me at points, like yeah. just not really a use. But there was a goalie grip that I thought was pretty popular. The lion grip. What happened to that? Yeah. So we uh, that's something that we were, you know, we're still like messing around with as a company is that bottom handle paddle grip for goalies. Um, and we had a prototype that was pretty sick. We had a couple guys in the show using it and like Trav was using it, obviously. Yeah, that's that's how that's how it became popular. Trav, yeah, I, ju- I just had him on my show. Yeah. But the, the thing about it was, is that it was uh, from a. Uh, it was not durable because it, it was like it created a pressure point that we had to, yeah. from our design on the where the goalies. Yeah. Thumb is, you know. And so it was like wearing down too fast. So we were basically, we were back, we're back in the drawing board right now, figuring out a better solution for that, for that part of the, of oh. the stick. But uh, we're definitely going to, you know, put something else there, you know, pretty soon. Hopefully. That makes sense. Yeah. We don't and... want to put out a product into the market that wasn't going to be like live up to our, you know, customer service standards. I mean, we do 60 day warranty. Yeah. Our, so, you know, we didn't want to be having a bunch of angry customers that weren't happy with the durability. So, yeah, I totally get that. Like, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, like the whole idea, the whole idea though is sick. The product, like, yeah. But uh, what's your favorite part about working with all these kids, like doing all this Instagram stuff, TikTok, all that stuff? I mean, I never planned for any of it, right? Like when in the beginning, it was all about just like creating this product. And then like the, when you have the product, then it becomes like, how do we, how do we get the world to know about what we're doing? And, you know, we, we, the, the, the timing of everything worked out so that like, you know, uh, Instagram came out, like, you know, Instagram was invented right around the time we started our company. And so we got on there and basically we were traveling around doing all this stuff and then promoting it on Instagram. And it kind of grew like organically where, you know, all of a sudden we're, you know, just figuring out different ways to, you know, promote our business became like my full-time job. So uh, that included like, you know, tons of interactions with players from all over the world. And it's just been literally, man, like the most amazing experience for me as a, as a player to have this, uh, you know, this place in hockey where, you know, I've been able to travel all over and meet, you know, young athletes and young players chasing their dream for years and years and years. And yeah. I get to, you know, it's, it's, I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity that, uh, you know, people look up to me and like want to talk to me and are interested in what we're doing. Uh, so it's been amazing, you know, and then now we're still doing the same stuff and there's just been, it's just grown into more and more where, uh, there's all these different ways to promote and uh, all these different ways to connect with the audience and, you know, try to give back and provide value to, you know, more than just grips. It's like, you know, you know, like even anything, just like, you know, business stuff or, you know, just from a hockey perspective. Now I do a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work with guys that are, you know, asking me about like, how do I get recruited? Like, how do I get noticed? How do I get, how do I find my way out of this yeah. you know, small town that I live in and, and chase my dream and, you know, end up doing something special in hockey? Cause I, I relate to that because I came from a place where, you know, I was basically a nobody coming from Buffalo. Like I didn't have any, nobody recruited me really out of high school, you know, as a triple A player, it was very, it would have been very easily easy for me to just like give up then and be oh, done. I, f- I felt the same way coming to prep school. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of where we are now. It's like that, uh, you know, it's been a, a gift for me and I feel grateful that I have this place uh, to, and, and an audience of people that we've met along the way and uh, got to meet and interact with so many awesome, you know, hockey players and uh, be a part of their career and their journey. So I'm really grateful for it. It's really great. Like the stuff that you're doing with all these kids, just oh, man. appreciate it, Matt. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this, the ambassadors program, like how many do you actually have? Like, uh, we don't have like an official count of, of butt ends ambassadors. I mean, we've had, you know, we've had so many great, you know, hockey players and young players that have been, you know, that love the product and they love what we do, or, you know, they've had a good interaction with us. Cause like, again, we've been, we've done maybe a hundred tournaments or more, you know, just going traveling around the world, you know, uh, literally all over the place in yeah. Canada and the U S like we've been all over, we've been over to Japan, we've been in the middle East, we've been into Europe. And, uh, you know, meeting all these kids and, and players and like, you know, uh, th they love the product or they love what we do. So they're willing to go out on their channel and tell everybody about it yeah. and uh, be an ambassador for what we're doing. So yeah. it's been, it's been amazing. I, I don't have an, an, an actual number, but you know, we're, crazy. nowadays you can see when someone tags you or when someone mentions yeah. you. you can There's a girl at my school who's one and she swears by them. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. But yeah, like it's all like, I mean, the whole product, like, I mean, did you ever imagine it to just explode the way that it did? Um, yeah, <laughs> to be honest with you, I thought it was going to be like, I thought it would be even like bigger. Like, I'm not, not that like, I still feel like we're at the beginning stages of it. Like, like quite yeah. honestly, man, like most people are still just like taping their sticks. Uh, just oh, like they, for sure. Right. Like like most people. Right. So like, we're still living in this era. Well, like I, I almost can't even believe it. Right. Like I would never tape my knob or like, I would never just like, like wrap $100 hockey stick. And then like, you know, you see, I go to the rinks and I still see guys like it, I, I'm fascinated that they have like old tape jobs that are covered in mold and like slimy and gross. And like, they're on these like dope sticks. So like, you know, for the most part, hockey players are still doing the 1970, 1980 tape yeah. jobs. So like, I still feel like we have this like massive opportunity here and I still, you know what I mean? To grow and to make new products. And like, we're working now on, we're doing a blade grip and like, even just taping blades. Like I'm done with tape, man. I'm not using tape on my stick anymore. There's better products. There's better ways of doing it. Um, and so I'm really excited about the future, but like, yeah. I thought like, to be honest, man, I thought, you know, I never expected to do this whole, like, you know, Instagram personality thing or, yeah. you know, become, you know, have TikTok videos and make videos and like do all this stuff. Yeah. which has been awesome. And I've learned a whole new skill set and a whole new way of like, you know, business promotion and things. It's how you, it's like, it's a great way to market with like kids our age, like, and kids yeah. younger, you, yeah, it's younger awesome. kids. Well, yeah, you know, it's all about the attention. It's about entertainment. It's about you provide value. Oh, for sure. Um, I didn't expect that. I thought it would be like, literally I was naive, man. I was a young kid and I thought, you know, we'd invent this grip and it would blow up. Cause like, I thought you, you know, I was a kid, you get one kid in the locker room who's got the dope grip. And everybody else is looking around like, wait a minute, like I'm using like an old slimy tape job with like, you know, that dad made for me that like, you know what I mean? I, yeah. want, I want the dope stick. I want the, I want the best stuff. Yeah. So I thought it would kind of blow up to be like, where like naively, like, again, this is again, I was, when we first started the company, man, like no joke. I remember going to Barnes and Noble and reading like how to start a business for dummies because like I literally didn't know anything. And I thought it would be like, you invent the product. It would be super sick. And then everybody in hockey would, would use it. It would blow up. And I, I don't know. Like that would be it. Like that, that's, I don't know. Like, uh, 
but that's not how it happened. It was more of a, you know, it's, it's a brick by brick. It's, it's grinded out. It's, you know, go to a tournament and you talk to every single person at the tournament one-on-one and you create a connection and you make a sale and you make the next sale and you, you do it one by one. And then that's how you grow this, like, you know, a sustainable uh, customer base. And that's been really the reward I didn't expect. It's been, uh, you know, that's the journey that I've been on and uh, I'm grateful for it. I didn't expect it, but uh, it's definitely been worthwhile for sure. Yeah. I mean, I might have to go and go out and just get, get another set of them. Like try it again. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, send you a, I'll send you a century, man. Uh, actually, actually. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. Anytime we do a podcast or anything, I want to make sure you guys yeah. uh, you stay dialed. So uh, I'll, I'll send so. you the info. No, uh, no free ads. No, there you go. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, send me your info. I'll, uh, I'll ship yeah. you a century and you can, you can, we can talk later and you can tell me what you like and don't like about it. Cause listen, we're always trying to, yeah. I want to make improvements. You know, I understand yeah. that some players, you know, it might be, it might be too grippy. You know what I mean? It's not, maybe not for everybody. Like butt ends yeah. really every player. Uh, but yeah. that's why we're trying to mess around with new styles, new products, new application methods. Uh, you know I mean? Just butt ends is more than just, you know, we use natural rubber that comes out of a tree, yeah. but we also are using, you know, using new materials for our blade product and like yeah. there's definitely different ways and different styles and feels that we can mess with. So we got to find the right one for you. Where do you manufacture? Just curious. So we do everything right now. Well, we do most of our stuff in Southeast Asia. So the, yeah. which we learned about in, uh, I didn't know that, uh, when we started this originally, we didn't know what kind of material we were going to use. And, uh, we discovered, uh, rubber trees from Southeast Asia. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a rubber tree. So our grips actually yeah. almost like syrup. Like they, yeah. they, they, that's how they get the rubber out of the tree. Like yeah. drips out, turns into this giant blob. So we found the best rubber that we could find. And it's over in Asia. We, we manufacture it there. We ship all of the components to Buffalo and yeah. then in Buffalo, we have a warehouse and a, and a crew that manu- that puts everything together. And that's where yeah. we do all of our fulfillment. So our, yeah. our, our warehouse. So you, ship, so you ship out of Buffalo. Yeah. Ship out of Buffalo. Everything comes into Buffalo repackaged and set up there. You, and you then send it there. Website, out of there. Nice. Nice. And yeah, I mean, it's just a great product overall. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. I'm going to get you back on board here. I'll, uh, I'm excited to see, uh, how, I'm wondering too, like as a goalie, do you tape your knob? Like do you use a bigger yeah, knob? I, like, I tape my mouth. I, I don't use a giant knob, like, I, but I mean, like I still tape it and stuff. Yeah. Well, we can, I can send you, I'll send you a couple different styles. You yeah. Can play around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll try it out. Make some reviews on the podcast, like do some videos, but yeah, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Anyway, yeah before we wrap up any last words to the audience, like anything else you want to say? Oh, first, thanks a lot for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, like, like I said, even just doing like stuff like this, man, like, uh, I'm grateful for this opportunity to talk to you and your audience and, uh, you know, appreciate you giving me the platform and, uh, yeah, I'd love to do it again anytime and anything I can do to help you out. Let me know. Oh, I'm totally, I'm so grateful that you agreed to come on. Like, I mean, it's been an absolute treat. Yeah. My pleasure as well. All right, everyone, go check out ButtEnds, ButtEnds.com, Instagram at ButtEnds, B-U-T-T-E-N-D-Z. And thank you so much, Rob, for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure here. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me and uh, hope to talk to you soon. And send me your info after this. Oh, I will. I will. I will. Yeah, so thanks thanks, man. All right. Take take care. Bye. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on my show. It was such a pleasure having you. 
and I really enjoyed talking to you. Next week, we will be back Mondays, 8 a.m., like we usually are. We don't miss deadlines here. And I'm looking forward to coming back stronger and better than I have been before. Going to be talking a lot of hockey, a lot of stuff that happened over the past few weeks. And I hope all of you guys have such a great week. Peace out, guys. (laughs) 